0: Welcome to episode three of Has Been Hoops. I am your host, Wurtho, and of course, I've got my good friend, Chris Anstey. Big fella, how are you? And whereabouts in the world are you? I'm really
1: good. We're, we're having a great time. It's our last night in New York City. Um, just a few nights ago, we watched, we had 40 Aussies in the crowd. We watched just Josh Kinney recording his historic triple-double, do some at Madison Square Garden. The place was going crazy. Well, in our section, it was, it was like a morgue. the rest of the arena. Um, we've seen Paddy, we've seen Ben Simmons. Um, we're down to Washington tomorrow to watch OKC play again, and then down to Dallas to uh to and visit some of my old buddies.
0: Well, uh, I'm sure you've heard there's been some big news in the NBL in the last uh 12 hours. Uh, no bigger news than Isaac Humphreys, yeah. Isaac. Uh, very brave, very courageous this morning. Sat in front of his teammates and uh, openly said he's gay. Now, he is the only, or currently, the only openly gay player playing at any top-tier level anywhere around the world. He's the first Australian male basketballer and the first player in the NBL to be come out as openly gay. Um, I know you've had friends that have come out to you In the past, Um, I've I've definitely had my fair share of mates that have uh, opened up. Um, Talk to us about what this would have meant as someone sitting in this room listening to Isaac, listening to a teammate, listening to a friend, uh, be able to shed all his fears and, and be able to be himself.
1: I think it's exactly that. I I can't wait for the day where this is not a big news story. Um, my experience in this situation is that once that's off it, off the person's chest, um, that they become who they really are, and they're better. They're happier. They're, they enjoy their environment more. And I think uh, you mentioned it already, and a lot will be said about it. That the courage. Um, that it took to do that in that environment, being an active player, knowing that there will be at, at, at some level a mixed response uh, next time Isaac steps foot the floor. I'll tell you what I think the response will be. I think it will be a standing innovation. I, I think it's incredible. I'm sure it will inspire other people to do the same thing. Um, we have seen it a lot more commonly done in women's sports. And widely accepted now, and I I hope that men's sport follows suit. And um, look, it's a credit to Melbourne United at some level as well that that he was comfortable enough to share it with that group of men, Uh, the club, um, that he could be who he really is in front and around those people. And we both know a lot of people that were in that room, and we've probably all seen the video. I'm really, really happy. It's a fantastic day, Isaac. It's a fantastic day for Melbourne United. It should be a proud day for both of them. And I think the NBL as well, it's much, much bigger than just one person, but it always takes one person uh, to to start momentum. And I think, I hope, that's what he's gone and done.
0: What I took out of it was the level of his support, not only uh, from his club, in Melbourne, but the rest of the NBL. Um, There was posts on Twitter from every club, uh, except for the two Queensland clubs, with the the show of support for Isaac. There was support from the NBA. Uh, There was support from Woj. um, Jason Collins, who was the NBA player that came out uh, to be openly gay, Um, to see that level of support Probably would have taken Isaac by surprise, I'm guessing, um, seeing if if this was something that he had held on to for so long to the point, And if you haven't watched the video, do yourself a favour, go watch the video. Yep. But to the point where he's had suicidal thoughts or thoughts of ending his life. And um, attempted to, were they? And attempted to. Uh, to see that the level of support that he got from league i'm sure he would have got many many messages today in support as well um and like you said hopefully this can becomes more of uh, what's accepted going forward and that people don't have to live in fear or or don't like who they are because it hasn't been widely accepted look australia still has a long way to go let's make no mistake about it like we still as a country have a long, long way to go, but this is a fantastic step in the right direction and uh, I couldn't be more proud of Isaac and his courage to do what he did today.
1: You know what, just as as one last little piece to this, I I think, I I don't even know when Melbourne United's next home game is, but... Against
0: Adelaide. If
1: if this is something that inspires anyone who's listening, go go to the game. I'd, I'd love to see a sellout crowd. I'd love to see a standing ovation. It takes a lot of courage to mentioned it. That to to be the face of, of a social movement almost or a social issue. Um, I hope it's a sellout. I hope he continues to feel supported when it's not a it's not a headline.
0: Yeah, the other news coming out of United and not confirmed yet is the uh, the signing of Marcus Lee, uh, the former Kentucky UK graduate. Um, Former Miami Heat player uh, Jordan Caroline ends his stint with Melbourne United. What have you made of this uh, signing so far? I'll do. I'll go to
1: coach perspective first because I spent a little bit of time looking at a, a lot of players, and the first thing that jumped out was he's had five jobs in the last three and a bit years, and that raises a red flag. Now, without investigating, um, he may not have been paid. I know the last job he had, he was replaced early in the season. He wasn't performing as he needed to. But United have a, a, a really desperate need for a Um He's taller than Caroline. He finishes better than Caroline. You've seen more of him. You speak to the skill, but I have no doubt United have done their homework on who he, who he is as a person. I know it's important to the club, especially now. Um, it will be an upgrade and he will help.
0: Well, I think from a playing perspective, uh, Jordan Caroline just couldn't finish at the rim at all. Um, and so to have someone who can finish at the rim, I think is great. I also think he brings a shot blocking ability to him. He's 6'11", so obviously he's taller and he's slender versus the, the linebacker build of Jordan Caroline that... Uh, but I still maintain that this is just a short-term fix for Melbourne United as well. I think the big play still is to get JLA back into that squad. Now, whether they can coexist together, I'm not sure, Um, but I think it is an upgrade of what they had. Um, It's just going to take some time. Uh, Of of note, that last job that he had, he did get replaced by Jake Lehman of the Minnesota Timberwolves. Uh, The team was 18th. Obviously, they weren't uh, playing too well. There's always a scapegoat in that situation. Um, Like you said, we don't know the full story behind that. But, uh, hey, let's see if Marcus Lee is the real deal or not uh, at the end of the day. Probably the biggest news, no, second biggest news of the day, Dirk Nowitzki. Your old teammate is coming to Australia, coming to Melbourne and Sydney, uh, bought out by uh, you yourself off the back of well, well, Josh Giddey,
1: Chris Is everyone yeah. who does this with me, and it's taken yeah. time. Um, we've been working on on getting Dirk out here for a while now. He's someone who has an incredible story to tell. He's got an incredible. Perspective on the, the way he went to shoot the ball, and the way, the way he drills it. We're going to have a night like we do like, like we do with Luke We're going to run a couple of basketball camps, and we'll, we'll fill in a couple more appearances. But um, he's coming to Melbourne January eleventh at the Timber Yard in Port Melbourne. It's, it goes on sale tomorrow. Uh, our internal database is being made aware. Ticket sales have been incredible. Just in the first few hours, they they went crazy. So. We know that there's an appetite to have someone of Dirk's calibre come to the country. He's an incredible storyteller, which I love. Um, we get him in front of adults and kids. Um, and the benefit for him right at the end is he gets to go to the Australian Open. He's a big tennis fan. He'll so stick around for that. And he's bringing his family out. He'll be here a little while. But if you know Dirk, well, I know you do a little bit. He's going to disappear on holiday as soon as the uh, the appearances are done.
0: I was going to say, um, you have the good fortune of being a good mate of his and someone that you've stayed in contact with. I I have met him. Um, You couldn't meet a more down-to-earth human being for someone who has succeeded and been able to achieve as much as what he has. And I think it's unbelievable what you and Chris Feeney have been able to do of bringing these people back to tell basketball stories and uh I have no doubt that this will be another great listen. And he's German, so he's got to love a beer too. So uh, I'm sure I'm sure he'll have a couple of uh uh is it Weizens in Germany? a couple of Steins. Uh, Steins. Yeah. will we'll
1: take him out, we'll have a beer or two one night, I'm sure. But and then you want know, to your point, the the way I've always described Burke and and outside the fact he's seven foot tall, as I am, that if Dirk walked into a bar or into a room and he didn't follow basketball, outside of him being that tall, you'd never pick it. He'd sit there, have a conversation with you and be the most humble guy in the room. So um, I actually catch up with him in Dallas in a few days' time. We'll, we'll lock in some finer details, but um, can't wait to get him to Australia. Being, he came down after they lost their championship uh, back in 2011. Uh, did it off the radar this time. We're putting him on the radar at least, you know, for six or so appearances.
0: Very nice. Uh, you've already mentioned it, Josh Giddey, triple-double the other day. He, uh, OKC's 145 to 135 win over New York. Obviously, there was oh, jack-shit defence being played in that game. <laughs> but uh, Josh, Josh had 24 points, 10 rebounds, 12 assists, uh, would have been a pretty cool moment as an Australian to be in the crowd at the garden to watch Josh get a triple double. It
1: was incredible. And we caught up with him before the group. And just a little tidbit for you that we chatted for maybe a minute. Um, he caught up with Mark Sainsbury, who's running out to a group. And
0: he the great and guru. The great give guru. a shout out to the great guru.
1: All, all Josh needed to get done and all he had on his mind was getting to the weight room. He needed to get his lifting before the game. He is so focused and so locked into getting better. Uh, again, it's really noticeable. And you know, we were sitting together, you know, the guru and I, to start the game. And you know, seven or eight points, real quick. He had his floater going. He had a three to start the game. And uh, he, yeah, his teammates were knocking down the shots as the highest scoring game. And I looked across at Guru and said, "Look." a couple more rebounds, he's every chance here. So it was really early in the game and he actually got his triple-double up on the scoreboard we all well, all of our Australian fans took photos of the scoreboard and they took his sister away. So they took a rebound the way they called it a, um, a team rebound and it was abs- a- actually the very last possession on a dead or, you know a, a nothing possession. His team legs cleared out, they let him get that thing and it, it, it was a perfect game to a game that, the mid like I said, the place was quiet. There were people screaming for the, uh, for the exits. Uh, we couldn't have been more involved and, and Will Chamberlain to be the only two players in NBA history to record a triple-double in their first two visits to Madison Square Garden. I'll tell you what, every time he does something historical, he's putting, he's putting himself in very, very elite company. Um,
0: uh, he's uh, he's definitely forging an unbelievable NBA career. Uh, so early on in his career, it, it's unbelievable. Uh, talking about some other Aussies, uh, you saw Ben and you saw Paddy play. What 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 was your takeaways from Ben first, and then Paddy? Ben's better.
1: Ben's getting better, and his stats actually don't reflect the improving impact he's having. As we as we record this, I'm watching him. Well, the Mets are getting blown out by the Sacramento Kings, but he's being more aggressive. He's getting to the rim. He's an elite defender, but the way Jack Vaughn's using him now since Steve finished up is, well, for the first few games, it was primarily as a backup five. And, and Ben's never done that today. We saw him in the four spot. Uh, he was a more aggressive scorer, but essentially they've taken the ball out of his hands unless he steals the ball or gets a defensive rebound in there. They're playing him off the ball more. But the ball's going to move for him to touch it. So defensively, is still very good, and you can still really see him getting better each game. Now, Paddy, Paddy's really fallen out of the Nets' rotation. He's a he's under a ten-minute game guy, uh, under a ten-minute game guy right now. He's exclusively a three-point perimeter shooter, and for him, unfortunately, that places him behind Seth Curry. And the places in behind Joe Harris in the rotation now, it wouldn't it wouldn't surprise me to see Brooklyn shuffle their starting lineup. Whether Kyrie comes back soon or not, I, I just think they need to start a shooter that's a little bit more consistent than some of them in that starting five. Look for a bit better balance, and again, it's not that long ago since we saw Olympic Patty. He's still in there. But you know, with his uh, with his role at the nets right now, we're just not seeing it much, unfortunately.
0: I think uh, the report came out that Joe Harris is looking for a trade as well, so that maybe that will open up more minutes for Paddy to be able to play. Uh, but we move on to your NBA power rankings. Um, you've got Josh Giddey uh, in one still, Ben Simmons still in two. Now, Josh Green and Jock Landau have switched over. You've got uh, Josh uh, going into the third spot now. Talk, talk about what you've seen from him lately. Opportunity and impact. He's had this opportunity
1: to play extended minutes in genuine moments of the game. Defensively, he's elite. He'll get the opposition best scorer oftentimes when he's on the floor and he's doing a great job. In our very first... And, um- in our very first episode, we spoke about his improved three-point shot, and he's knocking that down consistently. Uh, he's so quick, and right now he's so confident. Um, so for me, he, he goes in the number three. Uh, Jock started the season fantastically, and you know a few more honors on him. He just hasn't quite had that opportunity, and for me, for him to take that next step again, it's just going to come on the defensive end, and it'll be a little bit dependent in the short term. Of knocking down his shot. So he's a bit of a leak on this guy at the moment.
0: Matisse Steibel also makes the jump from seven up to five. Uh, Another opportunity and impact uh, there for him. Well, they finally remembered how good a
1: defensive player he was in exactly the same mould as Josh Green. 30 something minutes last game, a real great uh, plus minus. I just think they've figured out that they need to start Matisse Diegel and have someone who can defend, who's willing to defend, able to defend at an elite level to put alongside all of that scoring time. So uh, he made his way back from the rotation. He's playing great. Excuse me. He jumps over Paddy Mills and Dyson Daniels to me, Dyson hadn't played. Um, Paddy, we've spoken about. He only sat the last number of games. Jack White, of course, is in the G League and Joe Ingle will injured. So, not too much of a change, but the big ones for me were Josh Green and the Teeth Bible.
0: Very good. Uh, Last NBA thing Um, Coach Popovich, he's been around forever and a day, Um, but he does have one guy in his ear, and that would be Brett Brown. This, what is the likelihood is Brett Brown going to take over the Spurs
1: job? going
0: be? Uh, you know, what, it's been the, the the
1: you're never quite
0: sure what's going to stand out to you when you start immersing yourself
1: in the NBA on the ground like I have been over here for the last week and a bit. And every time you see the Spurs bench, it's Brett Brown riding Popovich's ear. Now we all know how close they were the first time Brett was at the Spurs. There were the rumours that he might take that Spurs job when Pop retired, but now he's back on the bench. He's re familiarizing himself with the organisation. The Spurs love him. He's got history there. I've been told by a number of people, we've thought it for a while, so it's probably no surprise this will be Pop last year, and it happened to be the year that they brought Brett Brown back on the bench. And you know how it is with the NBA where the guy sitting in has your ear. He's often the one that's recommended by the outgoing coach. And for someone with the reputation of Greg Popovich, his recommendation will hold a lot of weight.
0: I was going to say there would not be a coach that has a higher recommendation from the the club on them going out. And uh, even though Pop goes out, I dare say that he still will have his fingerprints all over that organisation. Maybe not as a head coach, but... Will definitely his voice will will carry and uh, couldn't be happier if that's the case for Brett Brown, a fantastic coach and obviously another really good story of an NBL a past NBL coach making waves in in the NBA. Yeah, speaking,
1: um, I'm going to jump in right here. Speaking of past NBL things, we'll go players. Give us one minute. I've been sitting here having FOMO about missing my first has been fun. Give,
0: us a little, yeah. give the listeners a little up. Uh, well, uh, this podcast, Has Been Hoops, was named after our Masters basketball team, the Has Beans, and um, the Mighty Has got the three-peat done at the Packs up in the Gold Coast. Uh, uh, a few familiar names and faces in that team, um, Dave Anderson, Sam McKinnon, Andrew Parkinson, the guy from My Mum, Your Dad, Darren Lucas, uh, just <laughs> to name
1: a really few. Here,
0: yeah, we had to bring celebrities into our team now. Um, <laughs> you, know that's,
1: that's, uh, you know, my seven-year-old son, Hunter, every time he sees him, now, says, that's a guy, that's your friend, he's on television.
0: Yeah, exactly. Um, but we got the job done, and as you know, it's uh, just fantastic just to reconnect with old mates, and obviously for myself, uh many boomers campaigns with sammy mack and with with dave anderson and just being able to spend some time uh obviously uh andrew parkinson one of our really really close mates uh who's been going through a lot in the last couple of years any time on a basketball court in a room having a drink with him uh talking as he goes through his battle with cancer is worth it every every minute of that's worth it and um you know uh, our saying is it never gets old winning gold and i think for the mighty Hasbeans, uh who's only lost two games in the last uh how many 6 years 10 years no, no 6 years yep. um uh it, it, 6 years it's been uh, incredible And, um yeah i know i know you had a bit of fomo because you you pretty much video uh, message just every night, just to stay a part of it, and uh, it was just a fantastic uh, tournament away with the boys, and happy to get the win.
1: No, I, I made sure that when we wound up every night, we gave you a call. It was good to chat to everybody.
0: Yeah. Of course, All right mate. We've got uh we've got a couple of questions here. Okay. Um, hey guys, how is Dante Exum tracking in Serbia?
1: Well, he's injured,
0: but. Yeah, he's he's playing
1: high level. He's, yeah, what I wrote a story not long ago that Dante does everything well, everything in the game really well. But he's not the best at anything. And you know, my hope for Dante in Europe is that he finds an element of his game that we can be absolutely elite at. Um, he just hasn't quite done that. He's, he's a top tier Euro League guy, um, but again, just the fact that he's injured is the number one red flag for most teams in the NBA that you just unfortunately can't quite stay on the court after any extended period
0: of time. Question two, and I feel like I'm going to have to take this as the resident West Australian. Uh, will the Wildcats make the finals? How do you rate their start to the season? I still think they're going to make the finals, but I think they're pretty lucky that this playing game is going to be a part of it going forward. Um I see a real imbalance with their roster, and I think they're expecting players from about three years ago to be able to perform at the same level now. Um, Look, JR's in his first year as a coach. I think he's finding his way as well. Uh, I'm not sold on Brady Manick being the answer for them, and I think they need to make a change there going forward. But it's interesting to note that he plays his best games uh, on the road um, because I feel like that pressure of the Perth crowd and the groans and the moans are getting a little bit louder at home every time he misses a shot. A little
1: bit of pressure when he gets his feet set.
0: Yeah, but he uh, he did have a great uh, game against Adelaide last uh, hit out. And um, look, I hope he does turn it around because he is one hell of a shooter when he gets his feet set. Uh, and, and the Wildcats we've seen from the past, they need that four man to knock down the three a la Nick Kay, John Mooney, Vic Law to be able to open up uh, for Bryce Cotton. And on that, they need to run more sets to get Bryce open, not just allow him to go one on one. Uh, last question. What's happening with Brisbane? Has Baines lived up to the expectations? Can they turn their season around? Oh, I see, this,
1: uh, one, you just answered it with Bryce Cotton. Is that Brisbane have the most physically dominant big man in this league. They need to put the ball in his hands more, lower on the block. Um, he spends a lot of time up and around the three-point line in the elbow. And we well, know he can shoot the three. He, he shoots it okay. But his advantage is on the offensive glass, on the block, creating a double team and he passes the ball well enough out of the double team to get his guards involved now. The threes he's shooting at the moment, the frustration threes because he hasn't had a touch. Because oftentimes when the ball moves around the permanent shot before he works his way into the block, uh, it's frustrating for big. So I just think yeah, they did it a couple of times against Illawarra and he got a lot of touches in that great game. But I think he's we always do, you know, he's been out for a long time he's had a significant injury just like Ben Simmons is working his way back but my answer is yes uh, they can turn their season around I think they already have uh, this break will do them good um, they're in the same boat they'll be in that race with Perth and a few others to make one of those playing spots
0: very good and if you've got a question that you want to ask us uh, for the next podcast make sure you follow us on all the socials and Find us at It has been hoops. Uh, send us a message, and we'll we'll read it out. Hopefully, um, that's about it, big fella. Um, I guess the last thing to do is uh, tell a story. Okay. And, and this story. Okay. Well, what have we got? Oh, well, there's a there's a picture of you and me on a boat, uh, and not not an outboard motor boat. It is a rowboat, and I believe the location is Croatia. Well, um, what can you remember about <laughs> that night?
1: <not? laughs> well, I remember a lot about the stuff. We were away with the Burners, and we had a, a quiet beer. We had a day off the next day and a travel day, and, you know, you were there, uh Kendra was there, Dave Anderson was there, and we went to a quiet bar, a lot, far enough away from hotel, the Hotel that Gorge and would not walk in on this, um, but still close enough. It was a pretty easy one to home, and. You remember, right, the, the, not more than five minutes after we walked in the door, a glance shattered underneath the bar store we were sitting at, and before we got up reasonably aggressively until we saw the other reasonably apologetic guy in the trench coat and the hat walking towards us apologising. So um, we can only imagine, and, and Wally told us that they might have been involved in the Croatian Mafia. And he was having a bad day and he apologised and brutal on them for the rest of the night. So I guess our quiet night turned into one that was probably a couple more than what we probably expected to. But um, when it got to walking home, if for the Melbourne, or the Victorians or the Melbournians. If you can imagine Port Phillip Bay, imagine a miniature version of that. And if we were in Williamstown and we had to get back to the hotel in Brighton, and we figured the easiest way when we saw the rowboat in front of us was just to relocate the rowboat. Um, so Kendall and I, of course, got in, and Dave didn't partake. Dave was very professional and wandered around the outside. Um, Kendall and I got in, and you were really, really great with your instructions as to how we should be rowing. And we went, and we went, and we thought, "Jesus, this is harder than what we think." And you were absolutely pissing yourself laughing. And finally we still have little about you Like maybe I don't know, maybe I just don't book the boat. So, <laughs> so maybe you had a few more than a few beers that night. So we, we rode back across the bay, we we left in another morning, and probably also fair to say that we sort of um maybe procured the from a neighboring vessel.
0: But uh, Yeah.
1: We got back to the hotel and remind me who you were rooming with. Were you with Patty? Uh,
0: I was rooming with Paddy, and he had packed my bag. For there me. you go. Remind remind me who you are I were. was
1: rooming with Sean sure, was in the lobby having a coffee, and all my stuff was all over my room. <laughs> I'm not sure good packing that bag up. And no, I was one of the last ones on the bus, and slipped really well. I'm sure I left a few things in Croatia. I'm not sure it all made right the but um uh, we we we,
0: we do have
1: this to the British, that culture that we've heard about the professional side but I think we've always enjoyed ourselves along the way as well.
0: Absolutely that that photo will make its way up to the socials uh just to show everyone uh, mm-hmm. that that uh wonderful wonderful night slash morning um but that's it, big fella. Episode three, done busted. Thank you very much. And uh, we look forward to talk to you all again next time. Thanks and have a great day. <laughs>